So my guest this morning is a Worcester Warriors and former England under-20s rugby player. Uh, please welcome to the podcast, Meg Varley. Meg, how are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thank you. Yes, very good. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on, first and foremost. Um, thank you for coming on and speaking to us uh, about your rugby journey so far. It's, uh, it's been pretty crazy so far. Uh, and I think you're only 21 at the moment. So, um, yeah, pretty crazy so far. So, um, but, um, yeah, how's, how's your week been so far? Obviously, you've got this big game coming up uh, tomorrow against Gloucester Hartbury. Um, what's been uh, your week so far um, this week? Um... It's literally just been uni, eating and training. <laughs> it's literally been my week. <laughs> it's not been very exciting. Um, yeah, obviously, like, big game coming up. We had quite um, a brutal session on Tuesday um, in kind of preparation for that. Um, and then yesterday, obviously, a bit more kind of clinical team run sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's been quite an exciting week, obviously, coming back off um, sale and getting the win. Um, everyone's been in quite good spirits and I think we want to take that energy obviously into tomorrow um, yeah I mean it's um, it's been pretty crazy because I, I actually um, watched that game watched highlights of that game sorry against Sale and um, I think the majority of that game I think Sale were actually in the lead at most stages of that game but then you guys um you know, managed to come back from that and then uh, come away victorious by only, I think it was 10 points in the end. Um, so it was, uh, it was a pretty crazy game, I must imagine. Um, yeah, I think, um, I think like the first half was just like a massive battle. Um, and obviously coming back into the second half, it was just that, like that mentality. It wasn't even like physically, we knew we could um, top them. It was just mentally being there to be able to know that we can, kind of get a win get a bit of attacking flair in and we did do that which is something we need to take into all the other games that we play um I think the first half we were just a bit um bit too rigid in how we played um we didn't do badly but also because it was the first half everybody on that whole pitch was fresh so it was a bit more of a battle and we kind of had that edge in the second half to be able to kind of just jump over them a little bit yeah yeah absolutely and, and I think it's it's put you guys, I guess, after that game in a, in a good position, obviously going forward with the amount of games that you guys have played, um, etc. So I think there's been about roughly 12 or 13 games that every team's played, roughly. So, um, and it's looking like an exciting finish, I would say, in the last, you know, month or two months of the season now. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see where each team finishes come the end of the season. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's one of those where it's like, usually, like in the last few seasons, it would be kind of like inevitable who's going to be in what place. Um, and I think actually this season, it's so much more exciting because there's a, there is that competition element there. So you can't really pinpoint where every team's going to sit in the league. And I know like us, for example, we've got um, big games coming up in the next few weeks, um, especially like obviously against Bristol with the last time we played them like essentially they're probably going to be gunning for us and we've got to step up to that so it's it is going to be really really exciting over the next few weeks and we've just got to make sure that we carry kind of the, the mentality of like trying to win games into the games we have in the next few weeks yeah absolutely and um I think um obviously I think that message from Joe is just basically uh, obviously taking each game uh, as it comes uh, each week um, and not looking too far ahead um, to, I guess, see where you guys, you know, finish at the end of the season. Because obviously every team wants to take each game as it is every week um, and focus on, you know, a different team each week um, as it comes. But um, I guess if you, you know, if you're on the end of a losing game, I guess it's all about, you know, getting your heads back in the game and, and, uh, and uh, progressing and, and getting better for next week, I guess. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think um, like us as players at Worcester, like we we know what it's like to kind of like lose a game and feel rubbish after. Like, and it's just it's a case of getting yourself back back on track. Um, especially like with this season, with us actually being able to kind of win games and stuff like that as well. And our performance has kind of just shot up so far. 
I think that that's another challenge for us is to kind of go from win to loss to win to loss and that's actually a massive challenge for us so that kind of winning element has just posed a completely different light on things and um it is another challenge like another mental challenge for us to be able to kind of all right we've won a game now let's go win another one rather than um just kind of going well that was a fluke like mm. <laughs> like it was in like the first couple of years and um yeah that is a that is actually a big challenge for us personally whereas other teams it's different other teams have got to cope with losses other teams have got to cope with maybe a draw or something like that but um yeah that's the kind of challenge that we have as a team yeah um so um i mean i want to take you back uh you know a few years ago or a little bit longer than that actually when you got in, involved with rugby for the first time how did uh your journey start into rugby where did it all begin for you um, well, we had like, a, I was in, still in primary school, I think it was like year five, year six, and we had a tag tournament um, at this cl- a local rugby club, and I really enjoyed it, so I was like to my dad, oh, I want to do this, like, this is fun, and um, we turned up to a session, and thinking it was tag, it wasn't, the coach was like, oh, this is contact, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll still do it, whatever, um, and that was, I never really looked back. Um, and that was with I was with the boys in the boys team for a couple of years um, and then ended up obviously having to move to a girls team um, kind of bounced around quite a lot because at the time because um, where I'm from is Coventry so there wasn't a lot of there wasn't any girls teams in the area at all so the closest was Hinkley mm. which is a fair bit away um, and mm. then obviously that uh, that folded and then we moved to Litchfield and then moved to Worcester for the last couple of years of junior rugby um so kind of bounced around quite a lot so so how did you how did you get the that co-op then to the Worcester Warriors squad um well okay <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one because I was at the junior at the juniors and it was just kind of like standard to look to move up to seniors because at the time it was a bit more open um and I kind of I obviously turned up to training in pre-season. Um, there'd just been a turnaround as well. So obviously Roy came in then and the league had become like kind of in that professional capacity. Um, so everything was a bit different anyway. So there was quite a few of us younger girls that kind of came in. Um, I remember my first session, because obviously everyone hadn't come to uni yet or hadn't like moved down to Worcester for that season. It was basically just me and maybe one or two others. Um, and then... A load of people came and we're all ready to go but obviously all of us youngers younger players were kind of just like oh it's fine we won't it's fine we know, we know we're not gonna like play or whatever we get it and then all of a sudden we turn up to our training session before our first game against Loughborough and uh, there's a team sheet up saying oh you're starting and we're like okay (laughs) right um and that was actually like my first ever seniors game because at the time you couldn't move up when you were 17 you had to be 18 um so we're all kind of looking at each other like okay (laughs) um and that that's kind of how it happened really um and then yeah just been like that ever kind of ever since just just haven't left <laughs> yeah I mean, that's really awesome isn't it when you when you see a name on the team sheet and you think oh crikey you know we're in business here you know yeah it, it was a weird one um mm. obviously like after that first season it was a little less um kind of you just had to get used to it quickly um and then yeah i really enjoyed it and the, the club's been great like kind of bringing in younger players through as well um and then obviously developing over the last three years where like we're stronger than we've ever been. So um, yeah, the, the club's been really supportive as well. So I can't like, they, they've been a massive, massive part of that. So um, I wanted to talk uh, very quickly about obviously your, your England experience and the under 20s set up. Uh, I mean, that must've been first and foremost, pretty awesome getting called into that squad. Um, and especially when you know uh, that Joe Yap has also coached uh, you at that age group uh, and obviously now with Worcester Warriors as well. So um, first question is, when you got called up, I think it was back in 2019 now, I believe. 
yeah. um, <laughs> roughly. Um, a long time ago now. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, first question is how how were you feeling during that stage, and and who was that first person that you told straight away as soon as you got called in? Um, oh, I think it was a cross between my dad and some of my like my close mates from school um I was I kind of got the email I was sat at my as at uni at the time I was in my house and I was kind of just sat there in the kitchen like tapping my foot like waiting <laughs> so I knew the email was going to come through um and yeah there's literally like as soon as I found out I was like straight on to my dad straight on to um a couple of um close mates um to tell them and yeah it, it was a weird one I was just honestly I was so relieved <laughs> so relieved <laughs> yeah I would imagine so um and uh yeah I mean getting that getting that caught up for your country is, is big it's very big um for any player in any position um in any sport actually to be fair so um big congratulations for getting that co-op and getting into the squad I mean that that was just truly amazing so um but uh yeah speaking of Joe Joe Yap. Um, obviously, uh, you know, you play under her at Worcester Warriors and both with England as well, before in the past as well. Um, just, I mean, just talk to me very quickly about what, what it's like playing under Joe. I mean, because I've I've had, you know, a few players on the podcast before uh, from Worcester Warriors saying that, you know, Joe's been one of those uh, people who are is, is a very nice person, first and foremost, uh, and you can get on with her very well. And she's very supportive uh, in any player's sort of development uh, path, so to speak, as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't like she's a complete top tier kind of person, top tier coach. Like she she is amazing and she does an absolute job. I think like that's something no one can take away from her. Um, also, obviously, being a past player as well and also coming back to Worcester, which is her home club, I think that's like that means a lot to us as well as players and um she has like complete respect from like anyone like regardless of who it is in the whole um league like anyone from any team who knows her just has complete and utter respect for her and I think that is um something that you do really want in a coach um the fact that there's other players that as soon as, as soon as the game's finished go straight over to her and go speak to her because she is so respected in women's rugby um yeah and again yeah she's a great person so supportive and she has brought so much to the club like we've just excelled um since she turned up and I think um obviously coming from 20s as well um knowing that she was going to come across after that uh that last 20s camp that some of us had we were just like oh yeah brilliant okay um we're in the money here <laughs> let's go um and she has like she's attracted players as players to come to us as well which again has kind of only excelled our performance and kind of built our kind of community as it were. Um, yeah. And she's, yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah. She truly is amazing. I can, Cause I've heard so many good uh, stories about her. So uh, she must be a pleasure to you know play under now and again uh, from time to time. So, um, but uh, I wanted to talk next uh, very quickly about your, obviously your 50th appearance that you made for the club, which was, now back in December time uh, last year uh, against Harlequins um, at Six Ways. What was it like for you running onto that pitch by yourself, uh, knowing that, right, this is, this is going to be a, a very good game, obviously, because Harlequins, I think, were, were second in the table at that stage, I think. Um, obviously, very tough team, must be a very tough team to play against, uh, you know, when you play against them uh, each season, I guess, as well. Um, but what was it like from your perspective running onto that pitch by yourself ahead of your other teammates? Um, to be honest, I was so focused on not tripping over or anything. <laughs> like, because obviously it was just, it was before the kind of, the it was after the second lockdown, before the current lockdown. And um, so everyone could come and watch. And it was, I was like, I don't, I'm not going to slip over. I'm not going to slip over because I have a habit of doing it on that pitch. And um, yeah, that was literally my main focus. And then obviously kind of looking up and thinking this, this game's going to hurt. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but no, it was, it was kind of surreal. It was so nice, like very, very lucky to, that mine landed in a part of the year when people could come watch. Um, I know some of the girls with their 50th 
appearances coming up won't, haven't been or won't be as lucky with that and no that was I'm really grateful for that that people can watch like my um kind of family neighbors everything kind of came to see that and um yeah that was really really it was really special yeah <laughs> yeah it truly was because I mean uh, you could hear the roar from the stands as soon as you, you were coming onto the pitch and we were like yes go on mate go on mate <laughs> um but um yeah such a special occasion I, I must imagine for you know not not just for yourself but for your family and and friends around you so um very well done for reaching that 50th appearance at the time so um big congratulations for that um now I want to talk very quickly about Heather Fisher right because um we've seen her and you sort of rotating around in that 12 jersey for Worcester Warriors this season obviously she's been brought into the squad at the start of the season because Obviously, there's not a lot of sevens uh, rugby being played at the moment uh, for women's, that is. But um, and it's a shame because um, I was really looking forward to watching some sevens uh, over the last uh, you know few months or even longer than that, actually. Um, but Heather Fisher, right? I mean, she's been uh, talked about as one of those players, which is like uh, being one of the best defenders Um in the women's game, basically. Um, so, and we see her and you rotating around in that 12 jersey. So what's it like having, you know, uh, a player like her with such a huge uh, experience under her belt, um, background, etc., coming into your squad? Uh, I mean, she must give you, you know, tips and, and tricks now and again uh, to help you guys, uh, you know, develop in that centre position as well, because um, it must be a pretty amazing feeling knowing that you've got, the likes of her in the same squad as, as you and not playing against her from time to time? Yeah, I mean, having her in the squad is fantastic until she absolutely, like, smashes you in a touch game. <laughs> 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 she's done that to quite a few of us, me included. Um, no, no, she's absolutely fantastic. Um, and obviously, again, like, a very respected player, very, very talented player, obviously, and she's got so much experience. Um, she's actually obviously moved, kind of changed her position to 12. So it's quite strange because we're both still kind of learning, but at different stages, like she's obviously got the experience, but trying a new position, whereas I haven't necessarily got that experience, but I've got my position, I'm in my position kind of thing. And it, mm. it, it kind of, I think it works. Like it's, we're learning from each other. And I think that's, um, that's really important. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it, I think it, it is great. And actually just to have her there and she does bring a different kind of, like aspect to our game as well she is so physical and it's just it's scary like I wouldn't I don't like running against her I don't think anyone does but um no as a person as well she's amazing like she is so like lovely and um kind of slipped into the team really well um and again is respected by everyone um and it's like there's that appreciation there of her coming over as well and she obviously like she trains really hard um obviously getting into the sevens as well we're all really proud of both her and alex um and it is something that um us as like is at the club like really like we help we hold that in high regard and we're really really glad to have her with us yeah for sure uh i i'd be amazed to find an answer from a woman's player saying, right, you know, this, this is going to be easy running against Heather. Cause it's not, it's really not because, you know, Heather's like been one of those uh, players who's been like very tough uh, as a defender trying to run against her. I mean, that must be pretty intense for you guys in training uh, now and again as well. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those where it's like, if you see like she's on the other team, you're like, Okay, <laughs> like, this is going to be interesting. Um, yeah, she's it's so it's a funny one because she is like the nicest person, like ever. But as soon as you get her with the ball in her hand or you're running like up against her, like you know, it's you just got to pray that you don't break any bones. But <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, I would love to have her on the podcast and get her take on what what it's like from her background as well because I. Um, that would be really awesome to have her on one day if, if that could happen. But um, so uh, Carries Phillips, I want to talk about Carries for a split second, because obviously this season she's sort of taken on the role as captain because obviously, you know, Lindsay O'Doyle, I think, got a long term injury or something like that that she had. 
Uh, yeah, I think she's only just come back now or started to come back now. I think. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, from Carrie's point of view, she's sort of taken on that leadership role uh, in the absence of Lindsay. So um, what's what's she like as a leader, obviously, in training and, and leading up to game days, etc.? Um, I mean, she's very kind of calm and collected, which I know Percy is something I like. Um, not too kind of like hyper <laughs> um no very calm very collective very kind of clinical in what she says as well um it's all very um like well, well thought through and obviously anything she says is she backs up like she backs up herself on the pitch as well she kind of she she leads by example um and I think that is like that's so 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 important um especially on pitch um when you're kind of in like stressful situations or um if it kind of like it's a, it's a bit of a difficult game she'll kind of walk onto the pitch and she'll be like right I'm going to do this this and this and she applies that herself she doesn't it's not just constant delegation she actually um steps up to the mark every game um and gives like the whole team that support by doing so <laughs> yeah because I mean obviously she she got caught into that um Wales camp as well obviously leading up to Six Nations as well so um must be a, a great player great teammate to have around uh, from time to time as well um and knowing that she's now got uh, drafted into the Wales squad for the Six Nations I mean that's that's amazing uh but knowing that she's putting like good performances under her belt every week for Worcester as well oh yeah 100% like again like we're really proud of her like the whole squad's like just fully backing her on that and um it is it's great for us but it's also just fantastic for her because also obviously then taking up that leadership role um at Worcester it's again that respects there um she's a great person great player and everyone's got that respect for her um and having that kind of international backing as well um externally kind of attracts that attention which is something that like no publicity is bad publicity in, in a sense and to have kind of that that badge next to a name it's amazing and it gives us a nice boost as well um and said like everything she does she does for the team um and that's something that we like we love about her so yeah um well very best of luck with her with, with the wales camp coming up i know that the six nations is, is uh being scheduled for next month and uh We've mentioned it a lot in other podcasts with other players. So um, hopefully that will still go ahead and still go according to plan. Um, <laughs> you never know. But um, yeah, fingers crossed for that. Um, now, we all know you as a centre, right? We've always seen you play in that 12 jersey, um, you know, from time to time. Um, but has there been any other positions that you've played in growing up? <laughs> yeah um I like obviously I think like any of uh, any girl who's ever started playing pretty much always started on the wing um so I started on the wing and then um up until I was about 17 I was a fullback um which yeah I don't I think I just got a bit too um bulky in the end to, to play there anymore um but no, I used to play fullback um yeah, and then moved the first time that I'd really done like done anything at uh, I got moved to thirteen, um, and that was for a twenties trial. Um, back in the days where it was like just a one day thing, um, so that was daunting. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, I was at thirteen for a couple of years, first year of um, senior rugby, and then uh, as soon as I got into twenties, was moved to twelve. So I've been 12 ever since now. Um, so, yeah, I played one game on the wing, and like which was last season against Saracens. And it was that was funny. <laughs> that was a funny one. <laughs> well, I, I guess the good thing is, is that Joe now knows that you play in several positions, uh, you know, apart from centre. So if an injury does occur, she could probably, you know, move you in that, into that other position, possibly. I, I even jumped in at flanker for a scrum once, which... <laughs> so yeah just throw me anywhere <laughs> it's fine <laughs> how did you find that being thrown in as a flanker well the work the thing is it was um back when richmond was still in the league so um i had molds on 
um, as a back because it was like all of us like it was a we had uh, numbers down so I was sat in at 12 and they're like oh we need someone to go and scroll. uh Meg go in I was like okay mm. so I put these molds on and then I'm like I'm, I just remember like Akina was prop and I was just like right what do I do and she was like just hold me up and I'm like I don't know how to do that <laughs> <laughs> luckily it was just for the one scrum but on it was yeah. daunting absolutely daunting because <laughs> I mean we've seen that in the men's games when you know someone in the scrum gets either simbined or or injured so to speak and they've used all their subs etc so and we usually see the likes of a winger being thrown in as a flanker rather than a center so I mean it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, it did go badly I think we won the yeah. scrum but I it was a long just time. not for you I guess <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um but we know we know you as a as a top quality center now. So that that's your your primary position now. So, um, but um, so hopefully Joe doesn't throw you into the scrum again. <laughs> hopefully, oh. fingers crossed. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I guess you know it is what it is, and you know you got to do what you got to do for the for the rest of the team. I guess during that stage, those stages of the game. So, um. But uh, anyway, sorry. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, why was um, why was Worcester Warriors that one squad you wanted to join? Um, you know, you you could have had the option to join several other squads in the Premier Fifteens, but why was Worcester Warriors that w number one team for you? Um, I think obviously kind of that idea that I was already at Worcester anyway, um, and I liked the, I liked being at the club, um, but also <clears throat> obviously when I first started, there was that opportunity for um, like me and all the younger players were given that opportunity just to go on the pitch which is something that um, I did really I do re still really appreciate because otherwise I probably wouldn't have maybe been where I am today and just like kind of thrown in the deep end and that was just absolutely fantastic but um, just the club in general has been so supportive and it's a club I've been with for years and I can't imagine myself leaving. I don't want to leave. Um, so it's it's the kind of club that you just like you want to be around all the time. And the amount of support like on and off the pitch is so high quality um, that it's like you. Like, I generally just can't imagine being anywhere else. Um, and that it's just kind of appreciation as well as kind of enjoying being there. Um, like we appreciate everything they do for us and. Um, like regardless, like I'm in Cov anyway, so distance-wise, it's it's the closest really to me, um, mm. other than Loughborough. But um, yeah, I, like I love being at Worcester. Um, there's a history there anyway. But no, it's it's a great team to be around. Great girls, great atmosphere. Um, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else really. Yeah, absolutely. And and knowing that a team uh, that welcomes you in with open arms, so to speak, and knowing that you've got good mates around you um you know encouraging each other and um and backing each other up i guess and that's the sort of team that i guess you love being a part of i guess as well oh yeah 100 percent. yeah um mm. it's it's like a little community we've got and yeah i absolutely love it um so many close friends there um players i've known for years as well um but also like opportunity to meet new people as new people are kind of coming in all the time um and yeah it's it is amazing and yeah love it <laughs> awesome um now uh for anyone out there who's either listening to this or watching this um wanting to know um any advice or tips i guess uh for becoming a good center what would those be Gosh. um, <laughs> um to be honest I'd just be like just go on the pitch and kind of just be like right I'm gonna go hit someone <laughs> that's my but that's something I need to do more so that's advice I'd give yeah definitely just walk onto the pitch without a care in the world and just go and hit someone and be chill and just like enjoy playing like, I think that actually that's probably the main main thing I'd say yeah, because I mean, we, we've we've heard it a lot in um, in other podcasts before with either men's or, or women's players talking about what is like needed as a centre uh, in their get in their part of the game, so to speak. 
So a lot of these guys need to be like a, a second sort of standoff, if you like, or that sort of ball carrier in midfield that sort of uh, does crash balls now and again and attack, or whether it's a, uh, that first or second defender um, stopping the, the other guys attacking, uh, so to speak. So, um, but I guess everyone's different in that respect. Yeah, I mean, like, personally, like, I like my view is that you should be able to do like my game, I should be able to do all of that kind of thing, like act as a distributor, act as a carrier, um, act as a kind of key defender. And I think it's it is difficult um to be able to kind of get all those like like at a high level because there's so much to work on. Um and you are in quite a difficult position there where you've got quite a lot of roles. Um but I think like that's definitely like it's one of those where it's, there's not one certain thing to kind of focus on. Um, there may be like from an individual sense but from a positional sense you've just got to like literally you just got to go out and play rugby which um is actually more difficult than what it sounds <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um but um i mean how much how much analysis do you guys do each week leading up to a game um and how how often do you guys split up so say for example you have um you know, you split into forwards, backs, etc., or you just split into you know centers, standoffs, etc. Um, how much time do you spend doing that each week, leading up to a game, and how much analysis do you do each week? Um, so at the minute, obviously, most of the um, split meetings are all done on Zoom, um, just for the whole kind of COVID secure. <laughs> so uh, what we do is we have like Monday nights will be. Kind of, we'll have clips sent out and it's all done on huddle um and then the month like obviously you'll everyone will do their individual kind of um focus and booking one-to-ones with, with the coaches um and then monday nights kind of uh dedicated to backs and forwards meetings um so there'll be kind of playlists sent out or people would have looked through the um the footage um and we just have a discussion really go through specific clips and obviously if we've got a game in the coming week, then we'll apply everything to that game. If we don't, then it is a sole focus kind of on um, the game that we've just had. So we go a bit more in depth with it. Um, and then uh, in terms of kind of splitting um, positional, we do that usually when we, we're all together um, for a training camp day, um, which is some, some weekends when we have um, a weekend spare we've got a bit more time to kind of be able to do that and that's when we go kind of go through more analysis um of usually our future games as opposed to our past games um or like training footage um and it just, again like kind of just open discussion or we kind of clip everything together share the playlist with the coaches and then have a discussion regarding that and come together in a meeting um so yeah. that's usually how it works um a little bit different at the minute because there isn't um we haven't kind of got that flexibility in terms of um, the whole COVID situation. Um, but yeah, usually like most of the week, there is quite a lot of analysis plus um, footage from uh, other teams' previous games being put in for us to have a look at in prep for the next week. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a like a just constant role of analysis really through the week. So obviously when you have these meetings and you know other things that are going on during the week, um, who sort of takes that lead, so to speak? Is it is it Joe and the rest of the coaches or is it sort of the senior players at the club taking that lead or is it a bit of both? Um, predominantly, it's the coaches that kind of take a lead on it. And then when it comes to, um, they'll obviously create, like say create a playlist or create like certain things to focus on, put it as, and then put it into like a playlist or into a group chat. And then it's our job as players to kind of discuss that within ourselves, whether it's kind of commenting on um, certain videos or waiting until we jump into a team meeting where we actually have kind of an open discussion or um, like pick out uh, things that we noticed or maybe other people didn't notice. And it is, it's kind of our role to be able to identify stuff. And then the coaches are the ones that oversee all that or, kind of give us a platform to work off and then it's our job to kind of go through each little bit with a bit more detail yeah 
Um, I mean, that's that's very good. You know, keeping yourselves busy and 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 looking at different parts of the game where I guess you need to improve and what could be better, etc. So um, that's good. That's very good that you guys are doing that each week. Um, now, uh, I want to chat very quickly. Obviously, we mentioned the game that you played against Sale Sharks, uh, which was. Roughly now, uh, just under two weeks ago, roughly uh, a week and a half ago, um, uh, great comeback. It was a very fantastic comeback because I think at one stage in that game, um, Sale were leading at halftime, I believe. I think it was uh, 21, oh, I should know this, 21-13 or something like that. It must have been. Oh, I actually can't, I should know, I can't remember. It might have been 21-19. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 19, I think it was. But, I mean... Whatever Joe said at halftime then must have got you guys like fired up and, you know, because you brought back that energy and, and you know, it was a great comeback from uh, not just you, but the, for, from the rest of the goals as well. Um, and then coming away victorious by 10 points. I mean, that was that was an amazing comeback by you guys. Um, yeah, I think um, everyone had just kind of gone, right. It was a case of like, well, we're in this. We just got to yeah. take turn it up a notch now. Um I think we we kind of baffled ourselves in the first half with the fact that we didn't we didn't perform probably as we wanted it didn't go as we wanted it to, but we were still like well we're in this we've actually got to um, not drop off now because um, we've done it in the past we did it against Exeter where we were completely in the game and then like two points down until say the last ten minutes and then we let that last try in um, and I think that. That is something we've learned learned about since then is just don't drop off. Mm. Um, we have like our fitness is there, our skill is there. We've just got to be able, like have faith in ourselves to be able to go on that pitch and do a job for another 35, 40 minutes. Um, and yeah, I think it was just a bit of a nice kind of attitude change from everybody going who went onto that pitch in the second half. It was just like, well, no, we've got this, it's fine. We're, we're gonna do a job and the girls did so <laughs> yeah no absolutely um and um i mean obviously this next game against costa heartbreak tomorrow um away um obviously a big game against them they actually put on a uh, a big score against dmp last week um and we saw what dmp can do uh, obviously uh, even though they can see a lot of points last week they're still you know a promising team they're still full of energy etc but I mean, Gloucester, they, they're pretty much in uh, the same boat in that respect. They've got a lot of, uh, obviously, big ball carriers in, in midfield and um, they work well in attack and defence as well. But um, from your perspective, I mean, what sort of challenges are they going to bring come game day tomorrow? Um, I mean, they like in terms of their kind of ball carrying, they are going to be very physical um, and we've got to kind of match that. We can't <clears throat> sit back and let them run at us. Um, likewise, if they get that ball wide, um, they've got some very, very like quick, agile players that seem to just be able to run through anything. So we've got to be really mindful that they do bring quite a lot of um, different qualities to the game. Um, and it's just like, we've just got to be able to combat that. We've got to kind of match them in a sense, like in our attack, we've got to like give them a challenge. Um, likewise, like we've got to be disciplined. Um, they, as I said, they are they are physical. They are going to kind of test us. So we've got to like keep a keep a level head and just go on and like play our play our game really. Yeah, and um, hoping the game plan will, will come off and and you know you can guys will get be able to get a win under your belts tomorrow. So, um, but yeah, big game, big game for for both squads. Um, and you know, I was talking about this with Lauren Delaney who plays for Sale um, on uh, Wednesday because um, obviously they've got a big game tomorrow as well coming up um, playing as DMP and they were both they're both bottom of the table right now so it's a big uh, game for both clubs um, but also a big uh, game for you guys as well tomorrow so yeah I mean it's yeah local derbies as well like <laughs> it's going to be um, everyone's going to be at each other's throats and um, with everyone kind of knowing each other as well it just it makes the whole thing a little bit more um a little bit more personal so yeah um I think we, we have the ability to be able to go out there and do a job we've just got to make sure that we um just keep our heads on and we apply what we've been doing in training um we've got so much talent in the squad and I think that 
um we've just got to be able to kind of show that like week in week out um obviously especially after the second half in the last game um like we we put in a performance we just got to like carry that into uh this week as well absolutely um and the the last question i was going to finish on before we get into the quick fire questions at the end which is always fun <laughs> um for, for you um personally I mean, where where do you see yourself going for the next five years obviously you want to reach that hundredth appearance i must imagine for the club that must be one of your main goals but um what are the other things that you would like to do in the next five years for the club um well really like in short term i just want to play well and i want to perform and i want to just progress through that um obviously like i i say this a lot like ultimately um like i could have to say like i want to like play for England, play, do this, that, and the other, which obviously is, is on the, like, I would love to do that. But um, my focus at the minute is trying to be able to like develop my game in order to be able to even get to that point. And um, I think obviously within the next five years, I'm only 21. So I'll be what, 26 in the next five years. I'm still, I'll still be fairly young. And I think mm. that it's just a case of um, like focusing on developing my game, developing skill level being a bit more kind of savvy as a player and um I think that's like that's definitely my main focus at the minute like it's it's so it's so difficult to kind of um like it's elite sport at the end of the day um and it can be brutal like it's just uh if you're not good enough then that's like you will be dropped so it's a case of trying to kind of build myself up and make sure that I become the best player I can really yeah, and I mean, we, we've we've seen that a lot I'm, and heard it a lot, I guess, from other podcasts and other episodes, except with players. Because, I mean, when you take to the field, you know you've got to do a, a good job on the field in order to sort of, I guess, retain your, your spot for next week. Um, but it's all about working hard and, and bringing that energy uh, come game day, because that's the most important thing overall, I guess. Uh, yeah, 100%. Like, um, yeah, you could have like the best skill set in the squad but if your your head's not there on game day then it you, you're just gonna fall flat um and it has happened to me it happens to me quite like a fair few times um not all the time but there are like the odd game where it just doesn't seem to work out and you, you feel rubbish after um but again it's just a case of learning from that and picking yourself up straight away yeah amazing um now, uh, we've got some quick fire questions here to finish off with. Um, they're always like super fun to do with, with uh, loads of players. Um, and this will be fun. This will be fun to do. Um, <laughs> so don't worry. These are not uh, too tough. So um, I've made them not too tough. So, um, but yeah, this will be really, really fun to do. So are you ready? Yes. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Um, what is your... Favorite moment in a Warriors jersey? Um, it would <laughs> it have to be um, beating Bristol last season um, at our place, um, and it was Sepsis Awareness Day. So um, there was obviously a charity day plus a massive crowd, um, and it was a bit a bit emotional. <laughs> yeah. I had um, quite a lot of close friends had come to watch. Um, and it was, um, I think it was our first win, I want to say. Well, I think it was. It was like one of our first wins anyway. And it was, yeah, it was um, It was quite a surreal day. And to have that kind of crowd watching as well, it was just like, right. <laughs> <It's nice. laughs> um, what is your favourite type of music? Oh, um, it's actually a bit of a mix. Um, I probably, the easiest way would probably be to say like alternative indie kind of standard but like, I'll literally listen to anything um yeah literally anything like my parents kind of in like grew up like with me kind of like it was either 80s 90s um like my mum's a massive Beatles fan so there's <laughs> a lot of nice. Beatles as well and then um all that like obviously school discos was all kind of noughties like nostalgia <laughs> A song so yeah um literally anything pretty much <laughs> i mean this this is not the next question but i just wanted to clarify this who's got the best or, te or worst taste in music in the squad 
Um, Who, who's that one person, right, who puts on uh, some tunes in the changing room, for example, before a game or after a game, and people just go, just turn that off really quick? Um, <laughs> um, I mean, this year, I think the one in charge of the music's uh, Vicky Laughlin. And actually, I'll give it to her. It's not too bad. Um, <laughs> uh, but I remember last year, I think um, Brooke and a, Brooke Bradley and Akina were in charge. And every time um, in the change rooms, it was like tour by Mackie G. And it was just like proper like drum and bass. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was great until it just did your editing. It was like the, like the fifth week in a row where that song's come on. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, what is your favorite ground to play at? Um, not to be biased, it is actually probably Worcester. Um, mm. just because I uh, it's I don't know, I'm just used to playing on the pitch and I like I like the ground and it's like the Astro doesn't cut you up too much, so <laughs> that's quite nice. Um, yeah. yeah, that's probably actually Worcester is probably my favorite favorite ground. Um, sweet or savory sweet that's the the (laughs) common answer i've heard whenever this question has been asked um yeah gotta be sweet um favorite gym exercise um bench i quite like bench press um how much can you bench um we've just done testing actually and uh we did a three rep max test so rather than one rep it was six what was it 62.5 was my three rep max so i was quite happy with that because my last one rep max was 65 so it, it's i think it's gone up so i'm, I'm quite happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um what is your favorite type of food um just anything that's a carb i think <laughs> bread i think bread's definitely up there bread and anything with chocolate in it usually chocolate cake or chocolate bread or something like that it's yeah spot on like a, a pan of chocolate or something like that mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, I haven't eaten my breakfast yet honestly that, oh that's well awesome. i did i did this morning before we started the podcast so <laughs> i was like right i've got to get some energy for this um but um i mean what what's that one favorite food then just not this not not the next question but what's that one type of uh, food that you like to have a day before a game um probably just any sort of sandwichy kind of food i think um yeah definitely some sort of like just massive sandwich um or like some like usually a sandwich with some philadelphia in it and then just any sort of like meat that i can find i just shove it all in there and it's oh, it's so satisfying it's <laughs> like some people enough. i can imagine some people are looking at it like uh bit dead but i'm like no absolutely slaps it's amazing um next one is would you rather ski or surf surf surf. yeah Yeah. just because i i've tried skiing before like not it was skiing at like a um like you know there's like all weather slopes that you get in like birmingham (laughs) (laughs) and i just it scared me i didn't like it but with surfing, I'm, I don't like heights, so surfing's definitely better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant, brilliant. Um, what is your favourite other sport apart from rugby? Rounders. Oh, nice. I, yeah, absolutely. I can't hit the ball, but I, used, I, played it, <laughs> I played it a lot in school. I was the only like left-handed player at school. So I just, every time, like everyone would go, oh, lefty. <laughs> still missed it but yeah. no i no definitely rounders it's good fun awesome um now do you or any of the other girls have any pre-match rituals before a game um yeah i um i have a habit of um like i'll have a bottle of moisturizer some body spray or like perfume um and a little like kind of eyebrow brush thing so I'll always <laughs> moisturize my legs yeah give my eyebrows a brush spend about 15 minutes tying my hair up mm-hmm. and uh before I go on the pitch and after half time I get my perfume and I give myself 
a little spray for no reason whatsoever <laughs> i don't know why that's my ritual anyway um i get a lot of funny looks or just like people looking at me like shaking head like <laughs> what is meg doing <laughs> literally every, every week i get that <laughs> yeah yeah uh but i guess you've got to you want to like make sure you look good before you take to the field you know <laughs> yeah i mean it literally the looks go straight away anyway like but it's still still yeah. still worth it <laughs> yeah yeah um and uh the last question i was gonna ask you was uh what's that one thing on your bucket list that you've not achieved yet um oh or that or um what you would like to do in the near future that you've not done yet um to be honest it would be to um well from a non-rugby perspective, it would be to just get kind of like a, a dream career. Like I really want to have like a full-time kind of job. Um, not too sure what that is yet, but like I'd quite like something along those lines. Like um, as a like because obviously I've been at uni like for Christ knows how long now. Um, so I just want to yeah. kind of get a really good like kind of career job out of that. So yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much, Meg. I, I really appreciate your time uh, coming on this morning and chatting with us. Um, what are you What are you having for breakfast now? Because I know you mentioned before you you not had anything yet. <laughs> um, I actually I don't know. I might like hold out a little bit and just have like a massive lunch, <laughs> probably like brunch because I've got going to uni anyway. So I'm just gonna be sat in front of a computer and just have a pile of food anyway. So. <laughs> awesome awesome well um I, I must thank you so much for coming on because you've been such a, uh, a great guest to be on the podcast this morning um and i really appreciate your time um and uh i would be delighted to have you back on again in the future again uh i would love to have you back on so um but um good luck tomorrow very best of luck tomorrow against gloucester um and um uh, i think I think as far as I know, it is live streamed, I think. Uh, yes, yeah, it is, yeah. It is, right, awesome. So um, I'll be glued to my TV set then. So, <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, very best of luck and uh, we'll catch up again very, very soon. Thank you so much. Perfect, thank you so much.